Hello and welcome to Coffee Lovers Radio. Joseph here with Jesse. Coming at you from the terrace. From the terrace. Joseph, how are you on the terrace today? I'm doing all right on the terrace today. I woke up a bit groggy, got a little slow moving. Still going through this Peru. It's like um, almost a month and a half since roast. Still delicious. I think I just, while I was talking to you before we got on the air, I uh, finished up my bag and I think it's the exact same roast. Nice. Yeah. I have, How are you drinking yours? I have about a pound left, I think. I have it on the Chemex. So... Yeah, really cool. tasty. For once, I didn't actually. I made a uh, espresso style americano oh. with the with the AeroPress. Oh, nice! What process did you use to make that espresso? Can you describe really quick for our for me? I used uh, I used hot water and a fine grind. It's uh, it's pretty standard. I I didn't do inverted or anything like that. I just kept it standard. Twenty grams of really fine, as fine as my little Barazza grinder can go, with a hundred grams of water. So twenty to a hundred, mm-hmm. five to one. Let it brew for about a minute, and then pressed it out over my cup, and then added hot water on top of that. Mm. Do you use a lot of pressure when you do this, or it ends up being quite a bit? Yeah, mm-hmm. like it sort of surprises me. I always, actually, I hate to say this, Joseph. I think about it you a lot when I make my coffee. I remember oh, when you were doing so all sweet. your AeroPress experiments, and you were talking about that you were pretty much able to get almost you know similar flavor, but that you felt that the pressure coming out of the AeroPress was not that far off of the nine bars that espresso machine might need. Well, I don't know about or would need. Close to nine bars. The measurement. But you felt like you were getting enough pressure on there to extract it similarly to how an espresso machine. Right. Yeah. It looks, tastes, and feels like an espresso machine. Probably right. the thing that's... And I just... Go ahead. It's fun feeling that pressure. Oh, yeah. You know, with a real fine grind like that when you're brewing it. And it's like, mm-hmm. yep, that's a, that's, a, that's a lot of pressure. I mean, I'm putting my full body on. I'm making sure everything's level so it doesn't turn into a fail. Gotcha. You know? I'll, and then... Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll link to the Aero, the espresso video I did for AeroPress because what you describe is pretty much what I do. There have been some people who've commented some other interesting processes that I might try out. Uh, the thing I like about this one is that it's so so easy to to do. Like it doesn't. There's no fiddle faddling. There's no extra like layering of filters. You know, finding the right size spice canister to use as a tamper, <laughs> which is a recommendation <laughs> that I've read. Um, I uh, you just put the coffee in there, I, and then you use. The I don't mean to laugh to diminish what all the people that take this seriously are commenting on. I just—it's one of those classic examples of where you can really get into the science, but all that little intricacy and all the brewing just—you know—exponentially increases the variables for messing it up. Right, and that you get ninety percent of the way there with the simplest method, and that's basically right. how the coffee industry goes from being like all foodie and science into mm-hmm. just regular commodity food service. Definitely. And one of the things I've noticed, especially with people who are like getting into really good coffee, is that the the complexity is one of the things that is like holds people back. It's one of the things that prevents people from like super getting into it because if you look on the nerdy side of coffee, like the recipes, the processes are so in depth and complex. You're like, I just want to enjoy my cup of coffee. Right. It's how I feel when I'm trying to make bread and I look up some recipe online. Like there's a percentage of moisture content in the dough and all these things. It's like, I just I just need to know how much honey to put in so I don't put too mm-hmm. much, you know? I just want to keep it simple because I just need to make a loaf of bread. So, so yeah. Uh, really fun <laughs> that you did that with the with the AeroPress. Um, as, as we were starting to talk here, it was actually on the, on the ironic side of this conversation uh, in terms of complexity. I was thinking about the shape of my mug. Because I have, you know, I have about a dozen mugs that I cycle through and they all have, well, I guess I have maybe three or four that are like just a standard kind of, you know, kitchen mug style situation. Um, But the rest of my mugs are all different shapes and 
sizes. And of course, I, oh, totally. I have that tasting mug set, which I use sometimes. But because of that tasting mug set, I have built out a variety of different styles of mugs. And when I go and like think about buying a new mug, I think about the the way that it's shaped in terms of, okay, what is what kind of um, experience is this mug going to give me? I have one mug here that, that I've, I've turned to, to liking a whole lot more than the others, or using a whole lot more than the others, maybe, because it it's in the shape of mug, which tends to accentuate like fruit and chocolate. And that's like an experience what that I What really... shape is that? So the in, in the Espro cup set, the chocolate mug is like the short fat one that um, is just a basic U shape, if you look at the profile. And the fruit one is taller. It's kind of like a U that bows in slightly at the top, if that makes oh, sense. Oh, like a little bit more of a tulip? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's and that tulip remind is more everybody the fruit this one is and the they're shaped I'll they're shaped pictures. this way because that's where the taste buds theoretically are in your mouth and so it kind of pours the coffee over those areas of your mouth first. Mm-hmm. So in I, some ways. I'll put some pictures of the Espro mugs in the extended show notes. Go to coffeeloversradio.com, yep. go be, become a patron and uh, check out what we're talking about. Anyways, so I have one mug that's kind of like a combination of those two. I often go for that one because <laughs> I'm like that's what I want to taste most in this coffee. And I know it'll it'll accentuate that. So so I I do the same. I have uh, several different cups. I mean, it's just me, so I don't need that many. But I have uh, some tall and slender ones that are kind of nice for just mugs of coffee. But this one, I picked the flared one because I like the way that it lets my face get into the whole oh, cup of coffee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like a like a tuba horn shape, almost <laughs> not quite flared like that, I guess. But you know, like a U, but instead of flaring in, it goes out. It goes out. I also like this mug because it fits the AeroPress in it. Oh, mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's that's probably the most important reason why I picked this one this morning. That works. Where are we in the world today? What is happening? What is happening? I mean, we're recording this on a Wednesday morning. Yeah, we could be straight. It's July eighth. Is it? Is it July? It's eighth already. Yeah, it's July eighth. We're recording this, and the show will probably go out two to three weeks from now, just because we're kind of back on yeah. our our two shows a month uh, publishing schedule. Yeah, it's it's cool. Actually, my dad is coming out from Colorado, which I'm thoroughly nervous about. Mm-hmm. We just hit a massive new peak yesterday in virus cases, and there's several governors that are talking about shutting down again, and including our governor here in Washington. Yeah, um, that he's at least delayed opening up any further phases mm-hmm. until things get under control. Out here in Port Townsend, they've gone up thirty some percent in the last two weeks in cases. Mm. Which is a scary number, but it's it's pretty rural town. But still, it went from 31 cases to 41 yeah. in like nine days or something. Well, it's it's really interesting um, seeing how it how it like you just open things up slightly and it just like rushes in and spikes. And you gotta imagine. Well, it wasn't a wave first, right? So it's not like right you drained the tide pool and then the next wave came in and no, it filled true. the tide pool back that's, up. That's it's a, like it's that's a poor analogy, perhaps. But I mean, you, I guess what I'm, I'm thinking is you got to imagine there, there are a whole lot of people out there who have this thing and don't know. Like, I don't want to get too political about a lot of this stuff, but just wear a mask. Like, yeah. it's so easy. And there's so much that we don't know. And you can't say that because we didn't know stuff four months ago about this virus that it's like we don't have to listen to experts now. Because the reality is it's not going to hurt anybody if you wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't also know. It's, it's if you're not going to wear a mask, like, then don't bother putting on clothes right. also and just go to the restaurant naked, you know, because we know where foot fungus comes from. Put on your shoes, well, right? We know where BO and nasty back sweat comes from. 
put on a shirt. You know, like we know where viruses come from. Cover your mouth. Yeah. You're spitting all over me. I saw a great mm-hmm. uh, statistic on what different types of fabric will will slow down the the spray, mm-hmm. the distance of a spray, and like cheesecloth will still reduce it right. down from like eight feet down to six feet. Yeah. You know, just putting a little cheesecloth over your mouth, let alone but please put more than bandanas down to like two feet. <laughs> but actually, like a handmade double layer cloth mask yeah. will take it down to like eight inches. Yeah. yeah. Spray. You know, I mean, it's just it's so clear. And it is like to respond to our friend in Fremont. Will it be Fuller's? The masks do work. Yeah. It's evident for centuries and centuries that you cover your mouth up when you're sick. I mean, like, this is what they teach did. kids and, how to sneeze yeah. into their shirts, right? Like, that's why you sneeze into your elbow. That's why you wash your hands after the bathroom. Like, these yeah. things work, and it's simple. This so is what they did during the 1918 mask. pandemic. So, it's it's kind of ridiculous that, but, right. I mean, we have... Well, they didn't have the internet to second guess every smart person in the world. Well, not just second guess, but you have entire legions of people who are are actively working against the information for, you know, political selfish reasons, whatever. And that's that's really messed up. It does make me want to figure out because I have so I have an N95 mask that I got for Seattle's dust season. Which yeah, um, we didn't have the, the smoke I don't season. Think we had the last couple of years, yeah, our smoke season. Because when that started happening, I started wearing an N95 around, and it like I went from having headaches all the time to being perfectly fine. And I was always dumbfounded yep. that I didn't ever see anyone else wearing a mask. But I was like, whatever, I don't, I don't care. Well, I would N95, you don't even need that for the dust. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was like, I, I don't, but I don't really those... care what I look like. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and put in the healthy things. in the glory days of 2018 when you wanted to go to home depot and get some masks right they were all just n95 masks right <laughs> i actually have a stack of them they're like gold mm-hmm. i gave one to our friend real john uh he manages an apartment building oh yeah and i he didn't think he needed one i was like but you don't know like oh, if somebody would... doesn't pay their rent and they don't show up for two weeks and you have to go into their apartment like you're gonna want a mask on well you know? regardless so, you're you're walking um, around uh like i have this issue with the apartment here I think maybe 20% of the people I see walking through this apartment building are wearing a mask. And well, this is a situation always where... are really important to wear it in. It's, it's being an enclosed outdoor area. I mean, I mean, it's not outdoor, but it's being an enclosed area outside of your house. And people just like, oh, well, I'm, on, I'm heading outdoors, so I don't need a mask on. It's like, right. you're still in... Or I'm in, I'm in my home. Space. This is fine. And you're in a huge building. Like, no. There are hundreds of people who live here. I'm trying to figure out. So the N95 mask I have has vents on it. So it's not... It doesn't prevent... Like it's it's better than nothing, but like you go to no, they, you go to a hospital, they, they won't allow you to wear one of those because the vents will like right channel it's your a breath. You're filtering. Out. That's the difference in the masks, yeah. right? The N95 mask filters out the viruses to get into your into you, whereas just wearing a bandana around your face contains your air droplet, your spit droplets. Right. So I think what I can do is I can attach uh, a double layer cloth mask to the outside of the N95, and I'm. It, that mm-hmm. sounds ridiculous, but I'm actually really considering doing it just because I feel like I'm around people all the time. Can, like, I was just walking downstairs yesterday in the lobby, and I saw someone come in who clearly came from the airport, like, stacked with bags. Yeah. Clearly, because I live right by the light rail, clearly just come but on the light rail say, from yeah. the airport, <laughs> no mask on. Like, he was not wearing a mask then. He, I mean, he, I think he has to, you have to wear a mask on a plane. I don't think any of the airlines allow you to right. fly without one. But still, that's disturbing to me. I don't understand how that's... Anyway. I was going to say, you can look up. They have they have cool little cloth coverings uh-huh. that fit on those standard N95 masks. Oh, okay. I think I mentioned this on the <laughs> show a while back. 
I tested positive for the antibodies. So I had it earlier this year. It was almost certainly beginning of March is the most, yeah. most ill that I've been in my adult memory. I didn't have any respiratory issues, but I had like a pretty severe rolling fever for about a week and the most intense body aches uh, ever, like to the point where the, like, the muscle pain was so bad I couldn't sleep uh, because of it. It was, it was not good, but um, you know, came out of it fine. That's probably what that was. Unfortunately, we still don't know what having the antibodies means. We don't know anything. We don't need to get into all the no, science of on this one. I recommend, I've been listening to the podcast called This Week in Virology, mm-hmm. which is uh, just a couple virologists talking about all the current events. They have updates from doctors at the front, front of the lines, and, and it's a really good podcast on just standard science and kind of where things are in the country. Right. It comes out every Saturday. I guess what I'm, what <laughs> I'm saying is that I've, I've had it, and I'm still trying to both protect myself and other people from myself as much as possible. But other other people that I have been around have not, even though like I was certainly in situations where it seemed like I should have spread that to other people, I didn't. So it's it's like kind of a weird, who knows how it all works kind of thing. Uh, and that's why you just gotta you just gotta err on the side of caution. And it really doesn't take that much to err on the side of caution. Just wear a mask. A lot of this mask stuff on our mind. Um, I mean, for a variety of reasons, but also uh, I. I read recaps of our governor's updates yesterday, and it's basically the state of Washington right now is essentially, if we can't get our, our stuff together and wear masks, we're going to go back into lockdown. And that's, that's where we're at right yeah. now. I'm thinking about these, these coffee shops and coffee companies who have kind of like made it this far, and they're like gearing up, or in some cases in like Snohomish County, for example, which is, is phase two, and I guess probably in King County now, we're, we're in phase two. So like coffee shops are like opening back up, you know, with whatever limited restrictions they have. The next lockdown I think, is going to yeah. be, a, it's going to be a stranglehold. Well, it's going to hurt everybody, right? Because yeah. of course the feds aren't there to help with the, with the wages and the, right. the lack of wages for service workers. You know, there's total disorganization of how any of that unemployment works anyways and there's just a general i mean there has been for a long time but like everything this virus really exposes just the lack of respect of these service workers and everything they have to work for and clean you know i was laughing because i ended up my good friend at the at the bar he uh we shook hands and we both looked at each other like ah because we had to go right back and wash our hands again you know and he's <laughs> right. like i've washed my hands he's like i've been at work for an hour and he's like i've washed my hands after every single credit card i've scanned and they just go through gloves and they, it's like all this stuff is just stacking up and they're barely open. They yeah. have two people working at a time and they're only open really because they have huge patio outside seating. Mm-hmm. And so they can actually open up their restaurant like that. But there's not a lot of clarity that what these cafes are going to do um, that are in to go only. And, you know, people are starting to go back to work. And if we all aren't allowed to do that anymore, right? it's going to be a whole other round of pain. And there's a lot there's a lot less clarity now than there was in March. Right. You know, that's the weird thing is like, there's no guidance. There's no, there's no political guidance. There's not really any economic guidance. And there's not a lot of answers for what to do about rent payments right. and like uh, business rent payments. You know, when mm-hmm. cafes can't make their rent because, you know, you can't make rent selling 25% of your product. Right. Um, well, there's so much scandal with the, the initial round of support that the government did end up actually putting out like half of it essentially got laundered because that's just gonna happen again got laundered by the swamp yeah like even just today you know before we started recording i got that scam text oh yeah you know telling me about what i can how i can invest my my next round of government funding and 
coffee is one of those things that people aren't going to stop drinking. And so what I found in the first lockdown, it was really difficult to remind people that we are not Amazon, (laughs) a small business that's selling stuff online. Just because it's on the internet and you can access that website from anywhere in the world doesn't mean that they're open anytime you access that website. Doesn't mean that, you know, I'm roasting coffee seven days a week because somebody orders a $14 bag of coffee on a Thursday. We're not we're not big enough for that. And so it's it's kind of that combination of the just-in-time delivery attitude that these online and Amazon forces have created, conflicted with people that are just at home a lot because they're not working. And so I got some of the worst emails I've ever had mm. about customers wondering when their coffee is going to be delivered. It's like, yeah, you ordered Thursday at midnight, man. Like, we roast on Mondays and ship it on Tuesdays, yeah. just like the email says. And I just am encouraging everybody to, A, Keep buying, keep shopping local, spend as much of your dollars, as many of your dollars directly in the hands of the people that you see on the street, the mm-hmm. employees, the try not to buy stuff online, just wear a mask and do or, one shopping trip or, to support you know, but also have patience for yeah, these people or buy online from those, from those companies. I'm on my whole, uh, re- oh, yeah. reverse it, Amazon, uh, kick right now where, you know, when, when Amazon, you know, started getting huge and we started being able to get a lot of stuff on there. It was like, you'd go around and to a store and you'd see, okay, I want that. Let's see how much it is on Amazon. Okay. I'm going to get it on Amazon because it's cheaper. I know when you do the shopping on your phone while you're at the brick and mortar store. Now I'm doing it in reverse. I find the stuff that I want to buy on Amazon and then I go look for where else I can buy it and buy it from there, especially books. I'm buying all my books now from either Powell's or um, Elliott Bay. (laughs) I think Powell's Powell's <laughs> online experience for book shopping, I think, is actually wonderful. I've I've been it's fantastic, I've been and there's a lot, a lot of coupons on podcasts out there. Yeah, there's that, and and also I prefer if I can to get a used book of something that I'm buying because I don't see a reason to support printing more things that don't need to be printed. But I do love a right. book and love like reusing an old book. And you search for a book that you want on Powell's, and you know they have very clear options. If they have used ones or new ones, you know you can mm-hmm. choose the used ones. And their used books are like, you know, they're good quality. They're not like trashed. You know, yeah. they're it's verified. It's good stuff. So, f- so for our listeners, it's Powell's Books. It's out of Portland, right. um, one of the largest square footage bookstores in the world. Mm-hmm. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal place. I think it's an entire city block. I'll link to I'll link to Powell's in the show notes as well. Please buy your books from there. Don't go to Amazon for your books. Yep. You know, you'll you'll have to I usually get my books from them within a few days. And that's good I think to me. that so many of the problems we're having in this in this economy and the society and world in general, but especially with the coronavirus, is a lot of a failure of imagination. Hmm. You know, that people aren't really thinking about what a better world it might look like and how they could support this. And so it's almost like a laziness. Like you go to Amazon because yeah, of course everything's there, but you know, if you just search a little bit differently for 30 seconds more you can find much much better companies that are involved much more with their employees doing the exact same thing for the same price sorry for all my friends that work at amazon but people should shop someplace else we uh we got on we got on some fun fun tangents there our our kind of one of our main messages today is just we're we're in the middle we're still in the middle of things like we're kind of in the eye of the storm it feels like and you really need to wear your mask wear your mask the wear a mask shop locally have some respect for these people that are all struggling yeah. and chill out on the roads. Yeah. I don't know why there's so much road rage. All right, let's uh let's do our favorite our from the mug. From the mug. Bartenders hate coffee at the bar. <laughs> they are not making coffee. They don't care. They don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> but they will. 
one of my clients, um, before I got into all the coffee stuff, I was I was doing a little bit of uh, marketing consulting, small local businesses, cafes, etc. And I, I have a I have a client who owns a bar who's still a client. He's my first client, and he's like consistently been a client. It's been almost ten years now, which is uh, which is pretty great. He runs a bar that they don't serve food; they just have um, mixed drinks and mostly beer. And he was trying to figure out, can I serve coffee? And I was trying to push him into nitro cold brew no. from the tap, you know? <laughs> yes. Definitely not brewing. That's that's a yeah. ridiculous rabbit Let hole. me just, uh, I assume that most of our listeners know what a cocktail is. And they know the basic process of making a co- cocktail, right? Like you have your, your portions, you mix them together, some ice, you shake it. Mm-hmm. You're measuring everything in liquid form by volume to make that right and so that's that's the process for making cocktails and serving beer it's all based around liquids and volumes when you're making coffee it's all based around keeping those grounds dry and being precise about weight which is a completely different system for measuring the components right so as a bartender you're dealing with everything with liquids and volumes and your hands are wet and you're cutting up fruit and all this kind of stuff and then you have to go make a cup of coffee and you're dealing with a scale you're dealing with dry grounds. If you want to make good coffee, you're dealing with a grinder. You're dealing with, you know, keeping that hot water, all those kind of things. And they're all like the antithesis of what a bartender should be spending their time on. And it's very, very difficult to stop making whatever cocktail or serving whatever drink to start making a cup of coffee. On top of that, your Long Island iced tea is going to be 10, 12, mm-hmm. you know, 14 bucks, whereas that cup of coffee still is only going to be $3, yeah. you know, maybe $5 for a latte. And so you have a bartender that puts their skills into making cocktails would have to completely change their entire knowledge base for their, maybe not change their knowledge base, but, you know, bring in a whole new knowledge base about how to make a good cup of coffee for a third of the, of the revenue and a tenth of the profit margin and 50 times the amount of skill that goes into it. And we all know that people love to complain about their coffee online. So you have a product that's like 5% of your sales and takes up you know 30% of your employees' time and gives you 80% of your negative feedback online. Right. I and mean, that's just their recipes to not ever serve coffee at a bar, which isn't what we should be talking about on this show. <laughs> I, love, I love how often we get into that, though. There's so much about about coffee and, and working at coffee and how it's served that that makes it such a bad business decision it's kind of hilarious um <laughs> I, which is why we're on a podcast talking about it. Right. i would love to take the stats of how we talked about this stuff four years ago at the beginning of the podcast versus how we talk about it now because we've both matured a lot in our roles and coffee people and business people right that we uh like we i don't know if we're jaded now we're just a little more practical right we're a little yeah. bit more realistic about what coffee can be also, we've seen a lot of our friends own bars and just stop serving coffee at those places. Yeah, but, but all that being said, you're absolutely right. Like cold brew is the is the easy way to solve that because most people at bars they want either hot drip coffee, which is also fairly easy, or they want just cold brew. Um, what I like about cold brew is actually a really great ingredient to add to cocktails. In exactly lieu of of like Coca Cola, yeah. stuff like that. I've, um, I've done I've done a lot of uh, coffee cocktail creation. It's a lot of fun and can be really delicious and really right. easy too and at last you know concentrated cold brew lasts a couple of weeks in the fridge so if you're a bar owner i would suggest making concentrated coffee cold brew you can make it with a french press you don't need very much for the day and you don't even have to tell your customers that you have coffee there that'd be a good way to like test out to see if your if your customers if your people coming in want to drink that and then if you start selling a whole lot of it you know something that can be put on tap as well although i don't know the the mechanics of that very well 
but it, it does. I mean, it's it, it's the same as adding a nitro beer on top. Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting thing. You cannot have any CO2 involved in that coffee process for cold brew. The acidity, the carbonic acid is awful. There's something weird that happens with coffee when you do that. And so it has to be 100% nitro tap like Guinness, any of those nitro stouts. Mm. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's just the same. Well, it's interesting because you can you can definitely combine coffee and sparkling water, but maybe that's a thing that works in Not, like the very short term of a drink sometimes. It doesn't work that well. Hmm. I think that it's a myth, and I think that I'm no. All right, you can't. Well, now I'm gonna have to refute you <laughs> because I've definitely done. I mean, I know that I know that people do, but I also know that it's not nearly as good as like nitro cold brew, and there's a weird little edge to it. Yeah. I think that if you water it down enough, you're not gonna get that kind of play on the coffee acidity with the carbon carbonic acid acidity, right? Um, well, it's it's definitely. But I know that if you pour espresso yeah. into bubbling water, it's gonna it's going to foam up and get weird. It's like the hmm. April Fool's joke that you learn as a first-time barista. <laughs> Interesting. Well, I, I remember uh, a while ago experimenting with iced coffee and LaCroix combinations, like easy sort of non-alcoholic cocktail kind of experience, and coming up with some some really tasty things. Now, I'm curious to maybe explore that more and look at it more closely. Yeah, you're going to look it up online and see a lot of people that really love it. I think that I don't. I don't really trust I think anyone's I'm just opinion wait for some online feedback. anymore. <laughs> I just. Try, I just try it out myself. <laughs> I wonder if any of our listeners have li- ex- experimented with. Um, I'm sure a lot of them have, and I don't want to like. I mean, I I want them to give us feedback because it's always fun. So I'm just going to put my foot down in an awkward spot and say, "No, don't ever do it," and please send us feedback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. There clearly are some places for it. I think that there's a lot of delusion. I think that if you start adding some other flavors mm. to it that will kind of mask some of those weird acidic edges that you can make something happen because the texture of bubbling water is always nice right, right. in any kind of cold drink. And so I think that's more what people really enjoy mm. and that there's a little bit of a caffeine kick. But if you take like, you know, concentrated cold brew and you just add water, bubbling water to it, sparkling water to it, it's not as good as you think yeah that makes sense i do miss Mm -hmm. not being able to do the brewing things with you like that's something that the show's definitely been lacking in the last few months Mm. because we're not together yeah in the same room so we're not like doing side-by-side chemixes well maybe maybe we ought to plan a new live stream uh and video for the show where we do that let's go for like the first week of august all right visit coffeeloversradio.com we will update our our lovely patrons with our plans for live streaming in that show so um be sure you don't miss it go become a patron it's only a dollar a month Mm -hmm. it really really actually helps support us it makes us feel really good about us about what we're the work we're doing but it also has been leading to us getting some cool new equipment also it's just a good collection of things we talk about on the shows you know and it's a nice spot to go that's not quite instagram or facebook or anything like that right um and i don't think you need to be a full patron to get to a lot of that content on the show notes but it definitely is worth it we're gonna post some pictures of the chunky sparrow that we talked about last Mm -hmm. episode that poor bird was around for the next few days after that but i haven't seen it since so i think it actually was a a health problem with it um but my dad named it hindenbird always appreciate talking to you joseph listeners you guys are the best i wouldn't be doing it without you cheers cheers this has been Joseph and Jesse with Coffee Lovers Radio. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe to our show and sign up for the email newsletter. Visit coffeeloversradio.com. There you can listen to our shows and click through to our Patreon page to get expanded show notes and other fun stuff. Coffee Lovers Radio is a partnership between Extracted Magazine and Conduit Coffee. Just visit coffeeloversradio.com and we'll see you on the show.